Hi, I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and you're listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. Everybody, uh, welcome to this week's episode. I'm super excited about my next host. Um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves and tell you what they do, and then we're going to have an awesome conversation inside of it. All right, uh, welcome, Michael. Hi, uh, I am Michael. Uh, Michael Rady. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I am the founder and lead of the Rainbow Library Community Reads Project. Um, I used to be a third grade teacher in Newark, New Jersey, um, and then I moved out to uh, Connecticut um, to uh, take a different education job, writing curriculum. Um, and as an LGBTQ person, like I um, really wanted to get into the LGBTQ inclusiveness space in education. Um, and so I was asked to lead um, the LGBTQ community group at the network of schools I was working for. Um, and we ended up growing it um, to over 500 staff members across our three states of schools. Um, and then from there, I started getting involved in, in GLSEN, Connecticut. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with GLSEN. GLSEN's a national organization that advocates um, for LGBTQ inclusiveness at school. Um, and um, with GLSEN Connecticut, we launched the Rainbow Library uh, Community Reads Project, which I'm super excited to be talking about. Um, this project um, sends LGBTQ plus um, inclusive K-12 books to schools and libraries. Um, and so we started off in Connecticut our, our first year, the 2019-2020 um, school year. We sent over 120 um, 10 book sets to uh, schools and libraries across the state of Connecticut. And right now we're expanding to um, Missouri. Um, and then in 2021, we'll be expanding as well to Kansas, Maryland, and Washington State. That's fabulous. I love that. That is so cool. I think it's, oh my God, it's such a good thing. It needs to happen. I mean, listen, we can think about when we were in school, and I don't remember having any of those books in my library in grade school or in yeah. junior high or high school yeah. Um, yeah. That, that I could personally think of. I mean, I know I seek them out myself, and I became, um, you know, I became, like, uh, fans of certain queer writers growing up, mm -hmm. but I had to look for them and uh, go to Barnes & Noble and find them in the... Uh, the I don't think it was called the LGBT section. It was the um, I don't want to say alternative lifestyle section, but it was like it's a horrible thing to say that, but that's just how things were, even just in 2000. So, and now we're in 2020, yeah. and it's totally different. Even from two years ago, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, like I always find that fascinating. Um, I love that you're doing it. Literature is so important, and it's a way for people mm -hmm. to also, like, not only read about queer characters, but also, like, you know, in a book, you create the place they're at so, like, they can actually just create it for themselves inside of someone who um, 
you know, created these characters from their personal experience or whatever, just uh, just inspired by something. Um, that's so cool. What has been – okay, so mm-hmm. you're doing this. I work with Listen Maryland. That's how I got connected to you. I, I It's so funny. Um, I live in New Jersey. I live in Jersey, New Jersey, uh, by Hathaway okay. Park. But – I actually work with Glisten Maryland more <laughs> uh-huh. um, just because they reached back. Like I reached out and then I did one of their conferences mm-hmm. um, and then I've just been in cahoots with them for a while now. And I love it. Like I, I'll probably end up doing their, their youth conference again because I absolutely loved it last year. Um, but what, um, so you decided to, do, you created this. So uh, what was the first experience like when you took this initiative to a, a library? Yeah. Um, well, I just, was like, it a library in schools or was it a public library? So it goes to both. It goes to schools okay. um, and it goes to public libraries. Um, oh, I want to cool. say that awesome. most of our, our Rainbow Library stats in Connecticut went to school libraries. Um, but just to resonate with what you shared about your own experience with LGBTQ affirming literature and books, um, I don't think I read any LGBTQ affirming books before college. And even in college, like, there, like I came out in college, and mm-hmm. there, was, there was very little that um, I accessed through the courses that I was taking. Um, and... I wasn't really seeking it out that much myself. It was only really after college when I started mm. to read more James Baldwin, Andre Lord. And um, when I was a teacher in New Jersey, like New Jersey we think of as a pretty progressive place. They have some good laws in the books. And I love, 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 love the school that I taught at in Newark. Um, but I wasn't aware of any LGBTQ affirming books in our entire school. And what that meant was even though there were teachers that were LGBTQ, even though there were definitely um, family members of our students that were LGBTQ, that representation was not there. Um, And it was a really disservice because having those books there would have made it so much easier to have conversations about LGBTQ identities, um, being able to affirm LGBTQ history through our content. in in everyday learning in the classroom. Um, And so... um, Imagine. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. 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 And so when we launched this initiative in Connecticut, we saw tremendous demand from across the state. So not only, you know, in our biggish cities, New Haven and Bridgeport and Hartford, but even in the Northwest and Northeast, very rural, um, more conservative parts of the state. Um, and um, we ended up, like, serving a lot of the, the teachers and um, school librarians that received um, these Rainbow Library sets um, after um, we sent them out. And we got some really good data back and really good stories back um, from those individuals. Um, we, one, like, data point that I'm really excited about was that um, 97, over 97% of the respondents of, at our schools and libraries agreed that the Rainbow Library made their school or library a safer and more inclusive place for LGBTQ plus young people. Um, totally, we, totally. Yeah, we doubled the number of LGBTQ affirming books at two-thirds of our recipient schools and libraries. Um, I mean, and, yeah. 
Yeah. So they started with zero by us sending them 10. <laughs> it doubled them. Um, and um, beyond that, like, because of the demand that, um, that schools and libraries were seeing for these Rainbow Library books in their settings, um, they ended up purchasing more LGBTQ affirming books. Two-thirds of our recipient schools and libraries told us that they purchased more LGBTQ affirming books because of the Rainbow Library. Um, and in addition to that, we also saw from the data that there was an increase in all these additional wraparound supports um, with the Rainbow Library set. Um, so after schools received the Rainbow Library, they were more likely to have a GSA club. They're more likely to have an openly LGBTQ plus staff member. They're more likely to have um, staff members that have been trained on LGBTQ plus inclusiveness. They're more likely to have a visual that affirms LGBTQ plus identities. Um, they're more likely to have lessons and workshops that showcase LGBTQ plus history or narratives, as well as resources about LGBTQ plus focused health centers in their area. Um, and just like, yeah. like, yeah, it's just one thousand percent the yeah. ripple effect. That's all it is. Yeah, and um, just like some of the the stories. So basically, we um, created a way for students to submit to us rainbow reader reviews. So reviews in their own words of the books that are part of the Rainbow Library collection. Um, and I just like wanted to share one of the reviews um, that really resonated. Um, with me from a student at Hamden High School in Connecticut um, who is writing about the book, um, Let's Talk About Love. Um, and so the book features an asexual character. And so the, the student wrote in the review, um, as an asexual person, seeing myself be represented was powerful because that meant other people would be able to learn about asexuality. Um, by reading Let's Talk About Love, uh, readers could learn what the A stands for in LGBTQIA+, and they could understand that we are not broken. Um, so that was just like really powerful for me to hear um, and for us to elevate just like the impact on a really personal level. Um, and in addition yeah. to that, we also got um, feedback from school librarians themselves about like the impact on the ground. And there's just like one really um, powerful story we heard from a librarian at Co-op Arts and Humanities High School in New Haven, um, where she spoke to the GSA club um, at the school, and for if listeners don't know what a GSA is, um, it's a club that includes a lot of LGBTQ students and often allies. It used to stand for Gay Straight Alliance. Now a lot of them stand for Gender Sexuality Alliance. Um, I can never club, remember that. Like, yep. I never remember that anything. I they yeah. been told to me probably more than a hundred times, um, yeah. but I never remember it. So I just outright just say GSA. I don't even bother breaking it down. Yeah, yeah. But so this librarian met with the club to let them know that the school now had a rainbow library, um, and so they came and started visiting the library. And now um, this librarian like writes in the feedback about the Rainbow Library that she now has 15 new friends visiting the library regularly during their free time and after school, borrowing the books, discussing them. And the library's become this like really safe, inclusive place for LGBTQ students. And she also shared this story of how a student that was visiting the school as like a prospective student saw the display um, because we have like posters and additional resources yeah. that are included with the 
Rainbow Library books before they're incorporated into the general collection. Um, and the student said, yes, I found my place. I want to be and discuss. And so the student had discussed the books that they'd already read that were part of that collection um, and the books they wanted to read that were in the display. Um, just like that's showing it. the power in the moment of, of the that's project. It. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the, that is literally it. That's why like rainbow, that's why right, flags are important, right? Like rainbow flags are important. Cause if you're just mm -hmm. say you're looking for real estate and you're driving through a neighborhood and you're like, I don't know about this neighborhood. And then you see one house or two or three houses with rainbow flags. You're like, Oh, okay. I was like, it's my people. I was like, I think mm -hmm. this neighborhood is doing some good and they, they trust this neighborhood. And um, what do you do in terms of also black queer representation through this, mm -hmm. this program? Mm-hmm. So important. So we recognize that with, I think it's half of American students are students of color. Um, mm -hmm. And yet, so few of the books that are out there are LGBTQ affirming, and so many fewer are affirming of queer people of color. So we yeah. really put a lot of work into making sure that a majority of the books that are part of all of our like K-12 collections um, are about queer people of color. Um, and so we were very intentional about doing the research about like making sure that there are black people of color, like both nonfiction and fiction texts that are affirmed, um, black authors of color that are in the text, um, as well as books that um, represent Latino people, um, queer Asian people, um, and like so many other marginalized groups. Um, I will say that like this is something that um, has been improving over the very past like two or three um, years. Like some books like The Stars Beneath Our Feet I would recommend for people to be reading. Um, and there's a great book about Bayard Rustin for middle schoolers that um, we're oh, nice. including in this year's collection. Um, and, but the thing is the publishing industry, it's getting better in terms of having representation of queer people of color, especially um, black queer individuals. But like there's so much more work that needs to be done in this space, especially in the K-12 book arena, yeah while we even see what's going on right now in America. So um, right. it's part of the, pro it's part of the um, process. It's a hard process to um, uh, withstand in sometimes, to stand in sometimes, especially if you're not doing the work. Like you're doing the work, so it's like you're standing in it all the time. I do the work, I stand in it all the time. But it's hard, this is what people forget. It's like you got to remember like five years ago even, like to, the fact that New Jersey, for example, is in, installing the LGBTQ curriculum across right. the board, you know, sixth through twelfth grade, um, incorporated into every subject. That's a huge deal, and then people can start to stand in it. Like you said, and I, and I, I want to bring this back, point back is that one thing that's really, really important that you said was to me more than anything, more than anything. It's great to have this book, fine. But it's not, you need people to actually be educated inside of what is mm -hmm. going on with this. And if they're not, and there's a lot of people that are not. I mean, there's right. people that can graduate with their PhDs and not know anything about the Stonewall riots. That's a problem. So, it's, it's, so it's, that's such an important element to it. It's like, and how do you do that, right? Because it's really big. <laughs> so right. um, through the library, through these books, through even the students, through having these um, clubs, through, um, I don't know, just even showing, just having someone come in and speak, the work that you're doing, I think is just so, so valuable. Um, 
I mean, you're in it. I'm in it. Uh, you know, I'm queer. Are you queer? I yeah. can't assume anything at that. Yeah. So, um, uh, so yeah. So it's like, but even if you weren't, you know, like, and you're doing the work, you're still doing the work. And a lot of people don't do mm-hmm. the work because it's not something that hasn't been talked about. Um, I think a great example. Everyone always talks about that show Pose. Um, mm-hmm. I love the show Pose. Um, mm, me too. Some of the some of the acting, I'm like, okay, but here's why. There wasn't any ever opportunities for black trans women to act. We never really allowed that in Hollywood, specifically in entertainment. Like, they didn't have the way of just being able to train and to understand and to look through and discover their vulnerability through acting. This is their opportunity, so they're going to grow through the show because this is what's mm-hmm. been given to them and they're doing a fantastic job and it gets better and better every year clearly because they're, ha- they're working on it you only get to get better at things if you work on it you know so mm-hmm. um with something like the library and and, and uh doing this it's like it's so great i, I it's so important Ugh. that's why i want to talk to you i think it's i think it's really neat um do you offer are you the ones that like give the people they buy these books from you is that how that works uh, Okay, so let me explain the, the logistics around this. Um, I also just, like, wanted to touch on that last piece of just, like, um, intersectional, um, like, diversity across the, like, LGBTQ literature that needs to happen in K-12. Um, we also recognize that there are a lot of um, English learners that are in our yep. school now. And mm-hmm. so we um, have bilingual books in our elementary sets and we have Spanish language books in our middle school and high school sets um, and that's been really important for us and that's another like huge push that we have for like the publishing industry is like we need more LGBTQ affirming K-12 books that are in yep. languages other than English without a doubt um, but in terms of the logistics of this um, we are really like a locally um, driven project right um, we um, started off in Connecticut, small state. Um, and so the way it worked was that um, Ashley, Autumn, and I, who are other um, leaders in Glisten, Connecticut, um, we, we put this project together um, where we, like, we consulted with students. We, connect, we, we consulted with the, um, like the Stonewall um, Book Awards and other book, like LGBTQ affirming book awards. Um, we connected with teachers, um, and we built out these booklets. And so we basically spread the word about um, this project that we were working on, and then schools and districts, schools and libraries across the state were able to sign up to request um, a box of these books that they would be getting for free. Um, and so we did fundraising. We had some great um, funders. Some, we got some grants, um, some um, corporations and businesses in Connecticut, um, the New Haven Pride Center um, was one of our funders, the Triangle Community Center. And so we were able to raise the $20,000 we needed to launch this project in Connecticut um, so that this would be zero cost for our recipient schools and libraries. We definitely didn't want this. We, we wanted to, there to be as like, few barriers as possible for um, teachers and librarians um, to, to bring these books into their spaces, you know. Um, That's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And so. Well, because we, they're going to come up against people, too. So. Right. Having right. space. You know what I mean? Not having to deal with financial and trying to get it in there. Because they're going to come. I mean, you know, you. I mean, I know you've heard 
I'm sure, the backlash and people and so forth because mm-hmm. they're scared. They don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a book and uh, God forbid your child to read something and learn. But whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, that, so that's a gr- so great. The community really came together to allow you to offer it for free. Um, yeah. For but I will share schools. with your listeners that if anyone is interested in donating, please to go to rainbowlibrary.org so that we can continue to expand our reach in Connecticut, in Kansas, Missouri, Washington, Maryland, and potentially other states uh, this coming year. Is this something you've ever thought you'd be doing in your life? Hmm. So when I was, I was little, I was definitely a bookworm. Um, I would stay up late under the covers um, with my little, like, headlight that I had from sleepaway camp and just be like reading books and my parents used to catch on that I was doing this so they would pop into my room in the middle of the night and if they caught me they would like take away the book that I had um, and I eventually developed a system where I had like backup books in my bed and I would give them one of the books that I wasn't reading um, and then I would be able to like get back to reading so I think that if I were to guess um, that I'd be doing something um, related to books, potentially, but, you know, I didn't come out until college. So um, working in the LGBTQ space was definitely not something that I would have envisioned in middle school or high school or even my early years in college. No, but my mom has this expression. I think it's, like, super relevant right now in COVID, like, we plan and God laughs, right? So it's really just a matter of like what has, um, what, is, what has been um, the work that um, I've found um, is really needed and I'm someone to, to like be doing and like working with so many other leaders and like really important thinkers in this space in order, in order to, to do right by kids. That's great. Did you have a hard time coming out? I mean, I know you came out in college, but was it hard for you with the family? Mm. Um, So I grew up in a modern Orthodox Jewish uh, community in Westchester Uh County, New York. Uh Right. (laughs) Um, And so there there definitely wasn't any um, LGBTQ visibility in my early life um, through the like Jewish school I went to or through our synagogue. Um, But when I was in, but my parents ended up switching me to public school um, where there was some LGBTQ visibility in terms of like a a small GSA. Um, Then it was called SAGA, the Straight and Gay Alliance. but I knew that my parents were more um, inclusive and accepting than many other members of our community. Like my mom um, did have some gay friends and they visited Provincetown over the summer <laughs> to vacation. Um, so I, I knew that like I had it better than a lot of other people in terms of, of coming out. And so um, when I was in college, so I went to Columbia University in New York City, which is a super queer place, um, and I was just, like, so lucky to be around such supporting friends and, um, like, LGBTQ infrastructure when I came out. Um, 
that, um, you know, it, it, it was good. Like, I felt really supported when I came out my sophomore year in college. Um, and when I came out to my parents that summer, um, I had, like, just come out to my sister, and she was there with me to, like, be there when I told my parents. And I, I don't think – I think it's rarely easy um, for people to come out. Um, and I think that for my parents, too, like, they um, – it was good that my sister was there to like talk with them afterwards, but they were still supportive of me. I mean, there's always, um, I, I think like there's always education that's still happening from my end, but my parents are like so loving and supporting. I mean, they've gone with me and my boyfriend to like pride parades. They've even gone to a pride parade in Maine when they were visiting without me. Um, my nice. mom has like made me like an LG, like a rainbow kippah to wear. Um, and they're, they're just like so supportive of me and I'm so grateful for that. Um, and I think like there's, there's always education that's happening and I just, I feel super lucky, um, that, um, my, that my, my parents have been so accepting and loving of me as, as being a queer person. That's great, and it makes the work that you're doing a lot easier because you have that support, um, and which is why you're doing the work to put the stories in there to be told so that those kids have the same support, uh, whether it comes from their grown-ups, their parents, or whomever, they can still right. have some support in some way. Because uh, I can't imagine, like, during this whole COVID thing, I couldn't imagine being a kid that came out and the donor support in the household that they're stuck in during COVID. I mean, that's horrible. So right. I don't we even can't imagine what that is like. Uh, I also had really great support. I didn't. It wasn't a mm-hmm. thing for me growing up. I grew up in Massachusetts, and so mm-hmm. I, and I had to, my whole gay people in my family. So I didn't. Ha- I don't have um, the the. I have the other story, and I'm grateful for that story. And I'll mm-hmm. hold on to that story. So uh, yeah, I think that's really special, and I think that's really cool. Your parents are awesome, and the education will continue to go, uh, continue yeah. the rest of your life. Because you got to, you know, there is a of, of a different time, um, who, how they grew up. Even it's this whole like idea of being liberal. What does that yeah. really mean anymore? Or what does yeah. it ever mean? <laughs> and conservative. What does that even mean? Um, so these I- ideologies are getting really intertwined. And so I think that education is important. And bringing it back to your Rainbow Library, um, what, that literally will have a ripple effect that you probably will never really know um, all of it because. You know, that would be impossible to know all of it, but um, it'll expand and you're going to make it and it's going to get all over the, the country. I know other places have done stuff like this and I, and I see things pop up and I actually see, see librarians take it on themselves, even mm-hmm. without this, which I think is amazing. They're like, I can't have a place like this and not have kids come and feel comfortable. And so they, I have friends that have created their own rainbow library and they yeah. put up books and rainbow flags and stuff like that. Um, you know, and so the thing is, too, it's, like, all political when it comes inside of the school system. So, um, right. and driven through money, unfortunately. So money first, education second. It's horrible, but it's, like, that's how it's designed. We didn't design it that way. It's just been designed that way, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. However, there is really, really awesome stuff that's happening, and one of the things is your Rainbow Library Initiative. I think it's Thank so you. fascinating and powerful and beautiful, and I, and I think the work you're doing is um, – just really awesome and thank you for doing it and um connecting with me thank you for having me Um, i really appreciate it so 
we, I know we kind of all said things, but, like, I usually like uh, to have my guests leave some words of wisdom for my mm. listeners. So if you have some words of wisdom, just mm-hmm. say it, and you're good. Everyone's like, oh, no, I don't know. And I'm like, hey, you'll know. Uh, just some words of wisdom uh, to my QT listeners. Yeah. Um, so I used to work, you mentioned you're in New Jersey. Um, over the past year, I worked for, for Senator Cory Booker. And there's this quote Ooh. that um, he said that when I was in college helped inspire me to want to become a teacher. Um, and so I'll, I'll leave you with that quote. Um, you are a physical uh, manifestation of a conspiracy of love. Um, the people who fought for you, who protested you, um, who bled for you, who died for you, you are here because of them. Do not forget that. And I'll just leave it at that. Nice. Just one really quick say where they can find um, the website they can get your information, well, like yeah. how they can find. Yeah. So the website is rainbowlibrary.org. And um, if anyone has questions, there is a page for frequently asked questions, but people can also email me at michael at rainbowlibrary.org. Um, and right now we are looking for um, school, so teachers and librarians and other school staff in um, Connecticut, Missouri, um, Kansas, Maryland, and Washington State to request those rainbow libraries. Um, also, if you're in other states and just want to connect about potential growth down the line, um, please reach out. Um, and also, if there are people interested in donating, um, there will be a link on the website where you can do that, or you can email us directly about um, a potential uh, sponsorship. Thank you so much, Michael. And of course, Glisten, Connecticut. And for more information, like you said, go to rainbowlibrary.org, and it has all the information you could ever want. And it's also online right now with ebooks. Um, well, it's now online with ebooks, so it's download for free, uh, which is pretty, pretty awesome. So for more information, please check out rainbowlibrary.org for all that. And I'd like to thank my on-air sponsors, of course, Jose de la Cuesta and Michael J. Gabrowskis. And I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and thank you for listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And remember, listen, learn, love.